0: From the 1420 WBSM Broadcast Center, this is the Ken Pittman Show. Get interactive. Become a keyboard warrior on WBSM's Facebook page. Read Pittman's latest blogs on WBSM.com and call 508-996-0500 to get on the air. Now, the unapologetically conservative Ken Pittman.
1: a beach day, but it is going to be very enjoyable to be outside. Um, it is, of course, Massachusetts in February, so don't get used to it. Uh, we're expecting some harsher weather uh, in the next few days after that, but we have a really nice day to look forward to weather So uh, if you want to call at any point, you are listening to The Ken Pittman Show. It's 508-996-0500. We invite your calls. Opposing views more than welcome. And... We're going to start out with maybe President Biden's top three worst weeks, if not the. Uh, There was a Justice Department report that came out regarding the classified documents he had. And they said he willingly kept them, took them against the law as vice president and then shared them. And. The report stated that the only reason he's not being charged is because they don't think he's competent to stand trial. Can you imagine that we have a president of the United States, who the Justice Department is, I think, trying to protect? They they may mean it because I think that I think it's true, but unlike Donald Trump, they don't want to press charges with you know you remember they raided President Trump's. Mar-a-Lago, even going through Melania's underwear drawer, I'm not joking about that, kicked Trump's lawyers out of Mar-a-Lago while they did their search, the FBI agents. And when they heard the equivalent records were kept by a vice president, not the president, it's very different, they called him up and said, hey, just, you know, make sure nobody goes through them before we get there. Don't tell me the thumbs aren't on the scales of justice. You, you you sound like a clown if you if you do. the The fact is, what we're looking at now, this is really it's, it's amusing, if not so serious, right? But the Justice Department saying he can't possibly face the charges would like to hand to him because he's incompetent. He's he's too old. He doesn't understand what's happening. And he's at the podium. The very next day. Telling the American people he can prove he's competent, they should charge me. He didn't say he didn't say the last part, but that's that's essentially what he's saying. <laughs> the, like there's the out, you know, whether Junior Soprano or uh, Uncle Leo from Seinfeld. I'm old, I get confused. They don't want to press charges on him, and he's saying they don't know what the hell they're talking about. And then one of the things they asked him was just, just as a barometer of how cognizant he is with. You know, every day, just his mindset, his, his ability to think. They asked, they asked him if he knew when Bo, his son, died. Now, of course, he's been telling people all over the world that his son died in Iraq. It's not true. Uh, he was a jag in the uh, reserves, but he was also um, not in Iraq. He died of cancer, sadly. Sadly leaving behind a wife and and children, but he didn't die in Iraq. Anyway, he couldn't remember on or about the the year when interviewed, according to these investigators, that his son Bo died. And then he's saying, how dare they they ask that? It's none of their business. He said that. It's none of their business. They were providing an, an example in the report to their superiors and, of course, the American people, that there are reasons why he won't be charged because he can't stand trial. And by the way, the, the standards for facing trial in, in America, if you think about all the knuckleheads that face judges every day, I mean, there's a good percentage of them that really aren't intelligent enough to know what they did. It's true. They have mental disabilities and there's nobody protecting them, so they just get thrown away into the slammer. But they're saying he's worse off than any of those criminals who face a judge. He's not able to understand what he's done here anymore. Why Why charge him? And the people that are pushing Joe Biden to run again, it's disgraceful. It's reckless for national security and other, other issues, but... They're marching him out to the podium, very impulsive, reckless, and turns out to be a, a train wreck of a decision. He should have taken his time and, and thought more about his response, but they, he got right out there and made things worse. Snapping at reporters. I mean, CNN? NBC reporters usually user friendly for President Biden. They were, they were asking some real questions about this. And the point of sending him out there immediately was to help the American people understand no, his mind is fine. And he started talking about the problem with getting humanitarian camps. around Gaza is that the president of Mexico won't allow it. He confused the president of Mexico with the president of Egypt. Egypt doesn't want a mass amount of Palestinians heading south outside of the border into their country and they don't want to absorb the the camps, the the Palestinians. But he was talking about Mexico. On, On the podium where he's supposed to tell people he's as sharp as a tack and we must be getting laughed at around the world I, This is, it is embarrassing you know if we're being honest I mean Donald Trump said things every week that made America cringe whether they supported him or not or whether they would admit it or not he said some pretty dumb things or oh, phrased them dumbly is dumbly a word Stupidly? Because he's a New York builder. He's not a refined politician. He hasn't created a character of himself like every president before has done to insulate the imperfections from the American people. He doesn't bother with it. And he's got a flawed personality. He doesn't care if you see it. He just wants to go forward. And he trusts that you'll... See these he's doing the better thing. It's not what I would advise, but it's, it's better than what we got here. But the, the, the almost amusing thing, again, it's too serious to find amusing because we're talking about, you know, Iran is within a month of being a nuclear weaponized country. And we are firing shots at them and they're firing at us. Two nuclear powers shooting at each other directly that's soon going to be the case because of the recklessness of the Biden and Obama administration who gave them billions of dollars to build their nuclear programs to sponsor terrorists. John Kerry, secretary of state for President Obama. When those pallets of cash they tried to hide from the American people when they were revealed landing in Tehran. John Kerry said, well, yeah, some of that is going to go to bad things like terrorism. What, what can you do? You had an impoverished Iranian government by comparison during the Trump years because he did enforce the sanctions and added to the sanctions. And now they're sponsoring Houthis with their weapons to sink ships in the Red Sea, important commerce route, attack American vessels, launch toward Israel. Hezbollah has never been better armed, better equipped And of course, the October 7 Hamas attack on Israel financed and they believe the training came from Iran. That's just one small corner of the world. Never mind what Putin's doing. Never mind the building tension between China and the the growing military global threat of China. All these other things. We get a guy... Well, the Justice Department is saying he, he's he's not there. There's nobody to charge. He can't he can't possibly face a trial. He wouldn't understand what was what, going on. And he said, and, and here's the cowardly thing that the, the instincts of Joe Biden are still in there somewhere. He said, I do take responsibility. I take responsibility for not watching my staff take these things. He's pointing the finger at his staffers who are just going to sit there and shut up and take it. There are already, already articles of evidence, utterances, statements by him. He packed his boxes himself. And then he's, (laughs) you know, these highly classified documents, they're in a garage at his home in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. A home that he's unable to explain how uh, we bought it. Um, nevertheless, it's a it's a home where we're storing these documents. He said, "Look, the garage was locked." Well, that's that's encouraging that he the president of the United States feels that the sixth best available lock from Home Depot was preventing the Russians and Chinese or anybody else to get into that garage at any point. <laughs> and and the somehow the. The Democratic Party's like, well, wow, I don't know what you guys are so upset about. Why are the Republicans attacking? <laughs> Thanks for calling. You're on the air.
2: Good morning, Ken. How are you today? Great. How are you? That's an interesting. going to be a nice warm day. Just getting the motorcycle out.
1: I would, too. Yeah, that's a good idea. Watch out for the sand.
2: Well, I'm going in the woods. So I uh, won't oh, cool. be on the road. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, this has been interesting. I've, I've been so confusing a little bit for me because I've had to. I, I kind of think back to like, oh, what would it have been like in the 70s when uh, Archie Bunker was still on the air? Like they could pick up on some jokes like they would have a endless series of jokes about Joe Biden. Oh, this is,
1: this is low hanging fruit for, for comedy writers.
2: Oh, big time. And and I got to imagine that <clears throat> Jimmy Carter is is like he's like, thank God. <laughs> you know, we got somebody that they're going to pin on the worst president in the history of the United States. Yeah, at least he, was
1: a, at least he wasn't corrupted. He was a nice guy. I'm glad he's no. going to be able to understand he's not the worst anymore <laughs> before he goes.
2: No, no, <laughs> he, that, exactly. That was, the, that was the sad part is he's a nice guy and he works, he's worked hard his whole life for, for people, even after. Um, but, you know, the thing that really bothers me in this whole thing, and it's just, again, it's very air apparent. I was just down in New York and New Jersey this week on um, sales trips and uh, talked to well over 100 people. And most Democrats, and I got to tell you, they are vehemently op- opposed to what's going on right now because they're living a heavy load of illegal aliens and they it's all pinned on the Democrats and the uh, in, in the legislature or congress uh, senate and um and joe biden um, and they're all i it's just amazing how many are like "Oh I'll hold my nose i don't care we got to get this is ridiculous well
1: we're now we're now because seeing why those were so many. Uh, young males crossing the border in such large amounts, and now we know Venezuela and emptied their jails, and now they're here in the country, uh, laughing at us, getting a thousand dollars a month in New York, and all these things and perks and flights. And
2: well, have you have you heard of a scientist called Brett Weinstein? He has his own podcast with his wife. No, um, he was a liberal. He turned conservative after uh, after COVID and the COVID vaccine thing, and he was one of those outspoken. This doesn't make sense, and they they ostracized him and turned him conservative. So he spent two months down in Panama and um, South America studying the Darien Gap and and how are these people getting across the most dangerous place in the world? And uh, he he fell upon a, an, a a camp called San Vicente in Panama. You can look it up, and he went to look it up on Google, and it's it's an entire camp full of Chinese only. Um, Migrants, and he started. He got a few people that would talk to him, and they're all military age males. There was very few women in the group, and zero children. And he said, that, he says, he basically said, look, I'm a scientist. I'm just my hypothesis. That, hypothesis is that this is an invasion covered by a migration, um, and we don't know who's coming, where they're going, and what they're going to do. And it's all covered by a lot of people that are migrating with their families. But at the end of the day, there's an there's a there's definitely an invasion going on. Well, um, this is
1: worse than the Greek, the Greek, um, the Trojan horse story, because, you know, they didn't just they're not disguising what's happening. Forty nine suspected terrorists have been caught at the border just since September. We are expanding the war in the Middle East. China has already said that they're designing their military to 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 knock off the, the United States for, as a global power. We got a growing Russian issue. And the border is wide open. And this bill, right, this bill that everybody wants passed, I'm glad they stopped it because it's not a good bill. Uh, first of all, the Obama DHS chief said that 1,000 crossings a day is a crisis. This bill wouldn't close the border until there's a, a benchmark of 5,000 a day. And right. then and then they said they'll shut the border. If they can shut the border down, why don't they do
2: it? Well. So the couple things come to mind with that when I heard that. One is, well, what is your benchmark for? I mean, do are you trying to get how many migrants or aliens of any sort, whether they're like legally trying to get in the country or not? What is what is our goal? Is it a million a year? Look, I mean, so we have to have some sort of goal, and then from there, um, you know, we need to, the border needs to be in check to match that. What they're basically saying is, when we hit 5,000, that's what we consider a crisis pile up on the border, and then after 5,000 we open the border back up and let that pile that piled up come back. So there's going to be 5,000 a day no matter what. Yeah, I know. It's not
1: going to be enforceable, and why should anybody believe this administration, thanks for the call, would, would enforce any new rule when they don't enforce the ones that exist now? Back in a moment. You're listening to Ken Pittman. Sam 6 locally so the governor of Massachusetts Maura Healy, is um, she's developing a lot of enemies in her own party on Beacon Hill and it has to do with her I guess it was described as a tunnel vision where I don't know this as a fact the, the percentage I, I can see by reading uh, that there's some truth to this but she is apparently disproportionately appointing uh, very progressive often uh, gay people in all these positions and she's getting a lot of grief for it for it behind closed doors if the population, of the gay community is close to 6%, you know, why is 80% of her hirings or whatever it is, I think it's close to 80% from what I was told, why is that the case? And she's getting a lot of grief from it. Now, uh, this conversation took place because she just nominated a former girlfriend of hers to the Massachusetts Supreme Court, which is highly inappropriate and obviously a, a conflict, and so... I don't think anybody knows what to do with this because it's a third real kind of subject for some. Of course, there's no th- third real subject for me on, on the Ken Pittman show. But this is, um, you know, the dynamics of what's going on behind the closed doors at the state house. Mariano is sitting on his hands, won't pass anything, won't do anything for this governor. He's, he's a lot of the people he... Was lobbying for for appointments have been ignored by the governor, and uh, he's not alone. And so there there's some infighting going on that we don't know about until uh, you know a recent statement um, that sort of unveiled a few things, and then we we dug and found some more and talked to a bunch of people. But it is very interesting. And this, but can you imagine that? What if uh, would would you be okay if uh, Mitt Romney wanted to appoint? As governor of Massachusetts, an ex wife of his to the massachusetts. I mean, that's come on. That's that's a conflict. Doesn't matter if it's left or right. And uh, I mean, she's doing a terrible job. If we're being honest, this is a one term governor. And she's trying to launch to a larger office. But um, it's not working out for her. Uh, she's just not getting it done. Of course, the tax plan made no sense. Cutting taxes with a, a billion dollars in deficit revenues. Um, that made not even conservatives would, would, would have objected to the, a decision to not t- cut taxes in that environment. I mean, we're not crazy about everything. Um, but again, I, I, my theory, I told you, if you were listening, I I think she just wants to be able to say to the American people or to the voters next time she's up, which I think is 26. I think she's going to run for Markey seat, Senator Markey, if not even a presidential run in 28. Well, what's going to happen here in i I'd like to hear from, from some Democrats who are not giving up on the party, but certainly want to see something change. I don't know that Joe Biden Not sure he's going to be on the ticket. I think there's going to be some significant action at the convention, and I'm not sure Joe Biden will be on the 24 ticket to face what looks like it's going to be Donald Trump. And, you know, what are some names that you think might be out there? I think Michelle Obama would be a name Democrats would feel comfortable with. I don't know how she would do in the debates, how prepared she would be. But I think you're going to see a surprise ending to this Democratic ticket. I I can't imagine they'll go with Kamala Harris. As, as, As bad as the decline is in Joe Biden since he ran last. She hasn't been much more impressive, if not even less impressive than the president. They may scrap this ticket. The incumbent ticket may be scrapped. That would be a first, I think. But what are some names? It, it's, it always amazes me when the Democrats win with such a thin bench. I mean, Joe Biden was almost out. They weren't interested in going with him. You get creamed in Iowa, Got creamed in New Hampshire, Nevada. But South Carolina, where more moderate Democrats are, they rallied him and, and he got back in the game and stayed on topic. I think it became evident that when you look at the candidates, I mean, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, Mayor Pete. There wasn't anybody that was really a viable candidate. But the decline, which was kind of evident, right? They were, they were being very careful about his appearances during the, during the 2020 campaign, He wasn't around too much. He was in his basement, they say. That that was figuratively and sometimes actual where he he was um, doing his Zoom press conferences. But for the most part, he was not out campaigning like we see traditional candidates campaign. Of course, the pandemic shutdown was a big part of that, but they were very, very careful with Joe Biden. They really just rolled him out for the um, debates, in the first debate, uh, it turned out Donald Trump had uh, had COVID, and Joe Biden had a good night. And that's that's uh, look, that's fair to say that he did. He had a better night than Donald Trump. Although the moderator, I think it was Chris Wallace, was not very uh, good to Trump, and uh, actually told an untruth. I don't want to get into that. Joe Biden had a better night and did enough from that point to make people feel comfortable that he could be the president. But now looking forward, here we are. How do you like your vote? Within a month of the Biden presidency, Putin started surrounding Ukraine. Iran started plotting ways to attack Israel and American interests. I mean, mean, just, it's a mess. The Afghanistan evacuation, the disgraceful ending to what should have been a much better climate in Afghanistan today. Not all of that's Biden's fault, but that last evacuation plan, he lied. And he did lie. He said he was never told. If he didn't lie, he didn't remember. And if he didn't remember, he shouldn't be president. The Pentagon said we should leave at least 2,500 American uh, forces uh, in in Afghanistan. Which I think, as much as I, I wanted out of Afghanistan, I would have left a lot more than that, given the strength of the Taliban. But it is a hot mess. Iran is taking pot shots at Pakistan. They're taking pot shots at Americans at all the shipping routes, uh, all the uh, commerce that's going by the Red Sea through their proxies. And the press... So the treatment of the two presidents, pretty consistent, the way Donald Trump was treated with classified documents, the way Joe Biden was treated with classified documents. Well, this guy's an outsider. We can crucify him. Well, this guy is in a part of the establishment. We have to um, he's too big to go and, and actually punish. That's really what we're looking at. And you know, that one missile strike that killed the architect of all those IEDs that were maiming and murdering American soldiers. A thousand dead, three times that amputated, mutilated. General Soleimani was in Iraq. President Trump saw an opportunity, nailed him. 80 such strikes, I think it's 89 different sites were were struck last week. Did you read anything about, well, he's going to cause a war? He needed congressional approval. No, because he's part of the establishment, too big to go after. But now they smell, now that the Democrats, and this is what's happening here, is we have a significant portion of the Democratic Party that has Plan B and prefers Plan B because they wouldn't have gone after him unless there was a problem that is insurmountable like his failing health, his failing mental health. It's not like you have a bout of moderate signs of dementia and then you get better if, if there is a treatment for that, I think the American people are going to demand to know why their mother and father was denied. So it only goes in one direction. That's just the way life is. And, and you get a Justice Department, which is part of the, it's part of the executive branch, right? The, the Department of Justice, Merrick Garland answers to the president, cabinet, cabinet level position. Their report says he's incapable of facing trial. He gets mad and says, what the hell are they talking about? I'm fine. He's basically, and I don't think a lot of people have looked at it this way, but he's arguing that he should be tried. The only reason they aren't trying him, according to the report, is because he's incapable to face the trial. He doesn't understand what he's done. He's saying they're lying. <laughs> uh, you know, you can't make it up like they say. 508 996 Oh 500. I'm going to try to get uh, my former buddy over at Boston Herald Radio and Boston Herald, uh, former sports writer and still a uh, sports writer, uh, John Sapacchetti, trying to arrange for him to get on and talk about the Super Bowl, which is tomorrow. San Francisco against Kansas City, 6.30 p.m. kickoff, and it's going to be in Las Vegas. I think it's a good matchup. I think it's a good matchup. I I, I would imagine that Coach Shanahan's gonna want to take a he's gonna wanna borrow a, a strategy from Belichick and try to shut Kelsey down and and make you beat beat them with, with uh I don't know who else is out there. I mean you get Pacheco a good running back, but they don't really have a great list of of uh wide receivers That can be expected to be counted on I mean to get a rising star in rice the the rookie um, Mahomes is the star I mean he he keeps you in a game even with inferior wide receiving play uh, this year um, obviously he's in the Super Bowl he's, he went up to they said he couldn't all his success is due to the fact that he doesn't go on the road well he went up to Buffalo he went out to Baltimore. And he's back in the Super Bowl because he's that great. But San Francisco, I think, you know, they really have a better roster. They have more answers. Um, You know, Debo Samuel, you get McCaffrey, Kittles, Ayuk, several decent wide receivers. uh, Almost no holes in the story on defense, although they haven't played well in the playoffs so far. They're due to play a good game, which may or may not be a good thing for Kansas City because if they're not putting it together, that's great. But if they finally put a game together, I uh, I just think San Francisco is going to do a little bit more than Can- Kansas City. Um, my prediction is 27-26, a, a real tight and entertaining game. But San Fran is the Super Bowl champ. And once this is over, we can concentrate on the future of New England. To everybody's astonishment, Bill Belichick not coaching. And it turns out Belichick turned down the job in Atlanta. Also reports that he was not interested in Philadelphia or Dallas. So it's not like nobody wants him. That's the um, people trying to justify the witch hunt to get him out of here. I think they started that stuff. But if you had to stink for a year in the NFL and you need a wide receiver, you need a quarterback, this is a great year for that. There's great depth at both positions in this in this upcoming draft. Real impact players. So I'm, I'm kind of excited for the franchise still, even though I'm a little upset about how they treated who I think was the greatest coach in the NFL history. 508-996-0500. Let's go back to the phones. You're on the air. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. How about you?
0: Thank you. Um, I'm reading an article that was, uh, came up, I guess it was in the uh, channel 25 or whatever. And it goes, migrants may be eligible for a $30,000 housing assistance boost.
3: Yep.
1: I saw it. I didn't and get it, to read it yet. I was aware of it. No, I haven't either. And then they're gotta be, you
0: know, a lot of these things should be put up for vote prior to any of this stuff happening, not executive orders. Whether from the government, from the local and the federal government, these should be put up for vote you know for voting within the people that live in the community. They're going to move over near they want to move of the people that are in the, um, the immigrants that are over at the airport and or at the rec in Roxbury, the rec room now. They want to move over to Fort Point, right around the corner from the
1: Science Museum Fort, po- Fort Point is uh, near Seaport behind the Children's Museum. Oh,
0: Yes, that's correct. And that's where they want to move in, this 90,000, 92,000 square foot building that people, it's all office. So that means they got to put showers in that whole building and other things to make it uh, livable. I mean, as far as the kitchen, bathroom, uh, bathrooms.
1: I know so many people who have finally said enough's enough. I can't stay here. As much as I love, I spent my whole life in Massachusetts. I can't stay here people are leaving
0: and for people to know too, this uh not that it has anything to do with this this is just terrible what's going on they got three there's three hundred and forty nine thousand acres that have been bought up by the chinese where That's in that in this country
1: oh yes yeah i mean they're not, they're not actually the biggest holder of the acreage in farmlands in america there's another- i think there's two more nations that have more, but yeah and they're particularly close to um, sensitive areas like like military bases. That's it. Have a great day. Thanks for the call. Yeah. Yeah, I I am um, not in every case, but there's some and it. it should be there should be a bill passed already, you know, nobody gets to buy land within x amount of whatever distance the Pentagon deems safe from surveillance that kind of thing. But the border's wide open. 49 suspected terrorists just since december, right? How many are here? And if they're waiting on the the orders of Iran or somebody like that, how long can it be if things get worse? I in my opinion, now I'm not I'm glad I'm not in charge, but in my opinion, Tehran should have already gotten a cruise missile. Tehran, not one of their proxies in the desert, not some supply hut. You make them think long and hard about what they're willing to sacrifice. Those three soldiers that died did not have to die. There should have been a strong answer to deter further violence. Peace through strength. And uh, that, that, you know, the political look, the aesthetics of it, was more important than the actual safety of our military. That—that's not the move a commander in chief should be making.
3: Hi, you're on the air. Hey, Ken. Good morning. Good morning. <clears throat> um, you know, looking at you talk, and you know, I'm like, <clears throat> everybody kind of points out the obvious. You know, like the borders are wide open, right? Yeah. Um You know you just mentioned all the Chinese lot you know buying you know, up America well, one of the callers did you know? yeah, 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 but regardless, right, we talk about these topics and stuff, right, but nobody even asks why do you even have a damn government that's allowing all this to happen in the first place, and exactly who is your government and why are they allowing this to happen, Because um, it seems like a lot of treason's going on, and nobody wants to talk about it or want to sell sellouts going on you know why are all these people crossing the border what our military can't stop this from happening? We already have laws in the books that forbid this but yet it's being allowed. So what is your government exactly They have a playbook,
1: okay if you if you talk about stopping it, they they're gonna paint or try to paint you as a racist with the cooperative media and big tech, right uh, the social media they'll they'll, they'll paint you as, a bigot xenophobe, I mean, it happens at the local level here. Jack Spillane used to write about me when I objected to these things, and that was the only thing they had because that's just the programmed parrots who do this. But the fact is, you know we're dealing with people who are globalist Marxists who have the priority of the globe, the the planet uh in their minds not the not the sovereignty and in the interest of one particular country which they're sworn to uphold the constitution and protect the country they're really bypassing all that because they and they'll admit it after it's too late right just like they just like they hide they used to deny they were liberals they used to deny they were socialists now they're more open about it that's the next phase
3: yeah absolutely and that needs to be preached from the rooftops these people of all globalists the globalists have infiltrated our government you have no say i have no say they are in control and that needs to be shouted out from every rooftop in america until the people in this country who you know sad to say about as clueless as, as they come the majority of them i don't even know if it's the majority but whatever i mean the media controls everything so they only hear what the propaganda like when you listen to the news which i really don't but because i gave up on that nonsense but all you hear is the same parrot saying the same thing the other parrot just said word for word and this is the this is the list today this is what we want you to say and they all say it but for some damn reason the american people soft as grace as they are don't understand this and they're just brainwashed indoctrinated it's almost like a reverse system of the communist system in china where everybody all the all the people they're just yes master you know, then they all like line up, and they all just do what the government says and follow their orders, and da da da. They have no mind of their own. They can't figure this stuff out, and that is the, that is the detriment of this country. That is what's going to bring us down because you have people like yourself, myself. I hear Paul a lot; he gets it. There's a lot of people that that are well aware of what's going on. It's a globalist takeover, but you got the other simpletons that are just sit there, you know. You know yeah, what the, well, what, you know those people you you just you, what do you do with them you know this is this is the danger and this is the detriment to this country because we have a population including our military because you have guys who swear an oath to defend this nation against foreign and domestic threats and enemies. your damn enemy is your government it's here, and you guys are defending them, so your oath is out the window
1: well you, you, I, I I take exception when. We see politicians put their right hand up, swear to uphold the Constitution, and then when they get in, they
3: do everything they can to change it. Of course. Well, they have to get in somehow. Yeah. I mean, you know, they have to, you know, it's like it's like the, the pedophile, hey, candy, want a little candy? You know, it's just, you know, they have, to, <laughs> they have to they have to put you on the hook somehow.
1: Well, they, they get their the foot stuff. in the door. They get their foot yeah, in the door.
3: Disgusting. And I love my country and it's gone. And the frustration of that is mounting. And I know guys in the military that are not all, you know sold out but there's an old, it's i mean i i really really believe we are headed for a civil war if we're not already in one because the push and shove and the put because i don't think like myself for example we're not going to just sit, sit back and watch our country to be taken over I mean, it's already been taken over i'm saying when push comes to shove and they, they keep pushing this crap, it's there's, there's going to be a spark just like with any heat eventually you know combustion takes place
1: well, what and- we're seeing in New York right I mean we just had a shooting a 15 year old Venezuelan illegal immigrant uh, who may cool. or may not be deported they're not even sure um, you know he, he hit a he fired into a crowd hit a, a tourist uh, yesterday we had the, the two cops attacked this um this wave of migrants and a lot of them again uh, it, it it appears credible the reporting that Venezuela and Maduro emptied the prisons like much like Castro did in 1980. And uh, just they pouring into the United States and we're saying, hey, how much money you need?
3: Can you imagine? I mean, if that's not treason, I don't know what the hell is. And when the hell are the people going to wake up? I don't I don't count on that. I'm not holding my breath on that. But what I am doing, I mean, you even had a uh, what is it? Markey, the senator Markey yeah. now uh, just pap, uh, trying to he just um, put out a bill Um to stop, you know, to ban people from training, like individuals, like, you know, militia groups and people like that from, like, you know, doing any kind of military training or anything like that. He's trying to, he's proposing a bill.
1: Which the Second Amendment they, allows and they... for a, a, a militia. And, and you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. so I, I didn't. Even, I wasn't aware of this. He doesn't really do much for the state, much for the country. He, he provides good constituent services on an individual call-by-call basis because he knows how to get reelected. He doesn't know how to win elections, but he's not... Somebody that's serving the people of Massachusetts, other than the special interests.
3: It's, it's it's disgusting. It truly, truly, truly is disgusting. It's sad. It's, it angers you, and uh, it's just it's just unconscionable what's going on in this. Nation. But we no, can
1: only disgusting. control a little part of it down here in the southeast corner of Massachusetts, and we continue to send. I mean, there's a, there's a couple of moderates, and other than that, there's some real, real far left people who put the the most radical people and plans in power, and, and, and um, these bills that are passed, I mean, some of them are, are passed by the sponsors from down here over the years. It's, you know, got to change it around here before we can do anything on a larger scale.
3: Yeah, but they it's <laughs> easier to say. Well, much, much, much harder to do because they control everything around here. So when people say, well, you got to get out and vote, Well, dummy, if I get out and vote, what are my options? Well, it's, you Uh, you know, I think people want the choice.
1: I think people want to change things, but they don't find, it's, it's pretty, it's a really interesting thing. There's not a lot of appealing alternates who know how to run a campaign and win a campaign. Um, We've got professional campaigners who continue to go into office. They've been there for 30, 40 years. You know, where's the, where's the, um. Where's the uh, intelligent design to offer an alternative that's financed, that's organized? When's the last time it happened? I think Scott Brown um, would be the last guy who really impressed as far as the the alternate to the the, the liberal Democrat.
3: Yeah, and and, and here we are. And, and, and what and what and what's ever going to be done about it? Like you said, people are leaving. I'm going to be leaving. I mean, I've been saying this, but only for years. But you know, the house is up for sale, so we're out of here. You know, we just you know. It's, it's it's just so hot you know it's it's devastating because you are forced to move and it's not easy to move if anybody's ever done it and well what do you, you what know, do you have you for move. choice now
1: you either you either now in massachusetts you can either choose you can either choose liberal democrats or woke democrats that's that's your option yeah thanks for the call good one take care 5089960500 We'll be uh, back and heading off to the newsroom soon after. But we got another two hours here on the Ken Pittman Show. Sam. 508-996-0500 in the next hour. We're going to talk about uh, Massachusetts moving closer to legalizing uh, hallucinogenic mushrooms. It's not a slippery slope. It's a provable Track that we're on. Uh, I want you to just. For a moment if you can. Go read some stories. About the decriminalizing. Of open drug use of all kinds. In uh, Portland Oregon. And look what it's doing to that city. And to the counties around it. These liberal democratic policies. Are turning the country into a gutter. And you're supporting it. For whatever your reasons are. It's. It's not, it's not um, explainable to a person like me, but I'd love you to try. I'll give you all the time you need to, to tell me why this is better for our country to do these things, like we're seeing at the border, that the cartel's bringing in all the fentanyl. Um, what's happening in, in cities like Portland, uh, Mass and Cass is a great example of what they're trying to hide, which is going on on a massive scale. Logan Airport filled with migrants sleeping around in the corridors, nowhere to go, happy to be here, waiting for the money, your money, to arrive to them. And apparently there's no number too big. Don't forget the Biden administration, they're they're screaming Republicans are stopping something being done at the border. Obama... When he was the president, his DHS chief said a thousand crossings a day is a crisis. Joe Biden wants the number to be five thousand a day before they do anything about it, and there's really no reason to believe he's going to do anything about it. He doesn't do anything about it. The laws that exist today, and there's plenty to do something. First thing he did as president, right? The executive order, stop construction of the border wall. They sold the border wall components. For pennies on the dollar now he's buying them back retail brilliant but get outside get that wbsm app put put on your earpods or your headphones and get outside it's a beautiful day out there and we get a incoming storm so it won't last long we'll be back after the news break you're listening to the ken Pittman show here on am 1420 AM and 99.5 FM. And of course, the WBSM app is what I would recommend. But we'll return right after this. Thanks for listening.
0: WBSM and w 258 eight DR New Bedford, New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 AM and 99.5 FM, WBSM, a town square media station.